Welcome to Truth on the Go with Andrea Lennon. Andrea is a wife, mom, speaker, and author based in Conway. She is an on-the-go kind of girl who loves Jesus and is passionate about helping women know the truth, live the truth, and share the truth. If you'd like to connect with Andrea and see all of her resources, including having her speak at your church, go to andrealennonministry.org. Now, here's Andrea. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea here. I am so excited to visit with you today. I'm so excited that we get to live life together, that we get to open God's word together, that we get to think about the truths of God's word together. And so today we're going to talk about my weekend and I want to invite Bethany to join in the conversation. How are you doing today, Bethany? I am doing great. It's been a great start to my morning. How about you? I'm doing really well. You know what? It is a good day to be in God's good word and to think about his good work in our lives. You know, this past weekend I was in South Arkansas and I love Arkansas. You know that this is my home state. (laughs) I love the people of Arkansas. And I was in South Arkansas for a conference at a church where it was the most wonderful weekend. And I want to talk about what happened this past weekend, because I think it can be an encouragement to all of us. So this past weekend, I was at a conference where I was actually in the minority. And I love (laughs) that. It was a culturally diverse environment where there were different women of different ages and different backgrounds and different cultures. And it was a place where we were just coming to have church. We were mm-hmm. opening God's word together and we were so ready. And as I was looking out over this beautiful group of women, I thought how it really is a picture of heaven because we know from the word of God that heaven is going to be the most diverse place that we've ever been. And here, whenever we're in our you know normal lives, we tend to gravitate to people who are just like us. Maybe it's the same life stage, the same age, the same set of circumstances, the same socioeconomic background, the same cultural background. But here's what I was reminded of this past weekend. There is beauty in diversity. Mm. There is beauty in stepping outside of your normal routine and engaging in life with different people and saying, I want to learn from you and I hope that you can learn from me. And so this past weekend, I am just filled to the brim with God's love and with his hope and with his peace and with his power because of being in a group of people who loved me for me and gave me the opportunity to love them for who they are. And we talked about this really cool topic. Uh, It's the topic of being unfinished. And we know that Mandisa has a song out right now about being unfinished. And that was our theme song. And this one thought kept coming to my mind over and over again. And that is this, you know what? We're not who we used to be, but we're not who we're going to be either. And there's just so much hope in that. There's so much hope and so much encouragement, so much focus for our day when we realize that we are in a process, a process of becoming more like Jesus in the way that we think, in the way that we act, in the way that we react, in the way that we step out in faith and obedience. And and a lot of times whenever we think about being unfinished, I think that we can take a negative spin on that Mm -hmm. as we think about all the things that we're not. Maybe we bring in our past to that conversation. So we have feelings of shame or disappointment disappointment or regret, you know, and and I I just want us to understand that the root of those feelings, they they are not from God because he is the one true God who speaks hope and peace and power into our lives. So when we look at our lives and we think about the fact that we're unfinished and we maybe focus on all the negative aspects of that, we need to know that that's the enemy because the Bible says that he comes to steal, kill and destroy. He accuses us with all of the 
the would have, could have, should have moments. And so we have to stop and we have to recognize the voices in our head and the voices in our heart. And we have to identify the source of it. So we have to realize that the enemy is going to accuse us and our flesh, our own feelings about our past come into play here. But we have the opportunity to transition out of that and into a place of hope when we hear the voice of God. And the difference too, between telling if something is, you know, from God or if it's just a a negative feeling from Satan, you know, God doesn't guilt trip us. You know, he brings conviction into our lives, but he doesn't fill us with guilt and shame. That's from the enemy. And I love what you said earlier about just the importance of diversity and being around, uh, you know, different people of different backgrounds. I think something that can hold us back from that is just feeling like, well, I'm not enough. I don't have enough experience. What if I say the wrong thing or I sound ridiculous? You know, there's that kind of feeling of insufficiency that's kind of easy to feel. I think everybody feels it. Yes, yes. And insecurity, you know, because we don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't want to do the wrong thing. But here is what I am learning. Love casts out all fear. Love is what draws us together. Love binds us together. And so if we go into situations and settings with God's love, with his hope, with his peace, with his power that he has spoken into our lives, it draws us together because we are sisters in Jesus Christ. And so I was just so encouraged this past weekend as I realized that whenever we talk about and whenever we think about this concept of being unfinished, it brings focus to our day and it really simplifies our life. You know, I think sometimes we allow the difficulties of life and we're going to talk about those in just a few minutes to complicate our life. And we focus on all the roles, all the responsibilities, all the expectations that others place on us and that we place on ourselves. And so we have this huge target out there that we've created in our mind and we know we'll never be that. Hmm. We'll never have enough, you know, charisma. We'll never have enough resources. We'll never have enough, you know, opportunities or experiences or knowledge or fill in the blank. But here's what we have to realize when we are focused on the plan of God, when we're focused on the will of God, when we're focused on the power and the provision of God, it simplifies our life. Hmm. It doesn't complicate our life. And it reminds us that we are simply called to trust God. Hmm. We are called to have a confidence in who he is and how he faithfully works in our lives. We're going to see that play out in scripture. The plan that he has for us, which we know is that we would be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. He knows that plan full well. So it's not necessarily dependent upon us to figure it out. No, it is our responsibility. It's our opportunity to surrender to his plan. And as we surrender to his plan, we recognize his authority, which means he's God and we're not. You know, we've talked about that so many times. We have reminded ourselves through God's holy word that he is the one true God and that he sees all things, that he knows all things, that he directs all things, and that he is working in our lives for our good and for his glory. And so when we surrender to him, we're actually surrendering to his authority and we're saying, God, you have the plan. You are the plan. And so I'm going to walk in obedience to that plan. And whenever we walk in obedience to his plan, we step out in faith and we go the places that we're supposed to go and we do the things that we're called to do and we do that with love and with hope and with peace and with power because we know our God is able and it is through that process of trust and surrender and obedience that we move forward in our process of becoming the woman and the child and the wife and the mother and the the friend and the co-worker and the child of God that he is calling us that he is equipping us that he is positioning 
positioning us to be. So this concept of being unfinished, it should not bring despair into our life. It shouldn't bring questions. It shouldn't bring doubt. It shouldn't bring feelings of guilt or shame or anything. It should bring hope and focus. And so I'm so fired up (laughs) as I'm coming off of my weekend because I think this is a good message for every single one of us. Uh, As we were looking at our passage for the the weekend, uh, I was in Psalms chapter 138, and there were two verses there that really help us to understand how we can be about this finishing work of God in our lives. And so I'm going to read the first verse, and then we're going to talk just a little bit about it. The first verse, Psalms 138, verse 7, says this, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. And I I just think, wow. Okay, so that's a real verse. Like, to me, that is a verse that is so real and so applicable for our everyday lives. Because, Bethany, we have trouble. We have (laughs) foes. We have situations where we need protection. And what God is saying is that that is going to happen in the midst of our process of becoming more like Christ. And that just reminds me again, and it just, it affirms the fact that the Bible, you know, may be a very, very old book, but it is still so true today because people back then, they faced some of the same struggles that we do. Things of feeling like, okay, the world is against me. I don't know how to handle this situation, but God is still the same. He hasn't changed over the past thousands and thousands of years. You know, he is still in control and overall. That's right. And so, you know, as we look at verse um, seven, I want to just break that down and I want us to talk about what that looks like in our everyday lives. And so the first phrase is this, though I walk in the midst of trouble, I love to go to Webster's Dictionary and to look up words. I know I've mentioned that on our program in the past because whenever we look at a word in a secular definition, it helps us to understand a spiritual concept because we've probably grown up looking at those definitions in Webster's (laughs) Dictionary. And so I looked up the word trouble in Webster's Dictionary, and here is how Webster defines trouble. It's anything that brings difficulty, problems, unrest, and causes anxiety. So let's all just raise our hands together that we have some trouble in our life. Mm -hmm. And you know what? (laughs) If we don't right now, hang on, because we're probably heading into some trouble. We live in a fallen world. Sin is real, and it is prevalent in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. And as a result of that sin, there is trouble. There is unrest. There is difficulty. There are problems. There is anxiety, these situations that we have to walk through. It could be a health-related situation. It could be a financial situation. It could be a relational strain. It could be, you know, just trouble not knowing what is the plan of God. I've been through seasons like that where I'm going, Lord, where are you? Lord, where are we headed? Why are we in this place? It could just be questions about who God is. And it could be things going on in our churches or in our nation, in our world. There's so many different sources when it comes to trouble in our life. But here's what we need to see from God's holy word is that David, who is the psalmist writing this psalm under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's saying, even though I'm walking in the midst of that, even though I'm walking in the midst of that trouble, Lord, I recognize you're the one preserving my life. You're the one protecting me. And I just was reminded this past weekend that, you know what, trouble, it does not negate the plan of God in our life. A lot of times we believe that. We believe that just because we're in a difficult situation or a difficult season, that God is not on his throne. But we see in scripture that trouble does not negate the plan of God. Trouble does not surprise God. I mean, he is over all things. He is in control of all things. Our lives are never out of control. 
control. And the third thing I'm reminded about trouble is that it does not have to control us. When we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to pick up with that thought. And I, I just was reminded of a powerful illustration that I'm going to share with you that will help us to understand how God is good no matter what's going on in us or around us. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. We're back and we're going to continue talking about how the goodness of God is evidenced in all seasons of our life. And Bethany, over the last weekend, I was with a wonderful group of ladies in South Arkansas and we talked about how we're unfinished and how God is always in the process of bringing us into conformity with his son, Jesus Christ. And the illustration that was given this past weekend made a profound impact on me. And I want to share that with you now. The lady who created the conference, she talked about how at at different seasons of our life, we are at different stages. And so sometimes we may feel torn up or torn down by life and other times we may feel balled up by just the circumstances of life and then other times it can be really good life can just be hitting on all cylinders I love those by the way (laughs) I want those whenever we can and so she had different pictures different objects to represent these different seasons of life and so for the the times when we feel torn down she had a bunch of fabric that she had just torn into pieces and then for times whenever life is just overwhelming and we have anxiety so we feel kind of balled up she had these beautiful like balls that she had in a cylinder and then whenever she wanted to help us understand that sometimes life is just really good she had this beautiful flower and so I pulled all three of those objects together and I actually took the torn fabric and the balls and I mixed them together and I said this you know oftentimes our life is a picture of this we're both torn down and balled up at the same time and I said but here's what we have to realize whenever we We allow our circumstances, whatever that may be, to determine the character of God. Instead of allowing the character of God to determine how we view our circumstances, we will live on an emotional roller coaster so that when life is good, I am good and God is good. But conversely, if we fall into that trap, when life is bad, I am bad and then God is bad. And we don't even realize that we are judging both God and his character and our situation and circumstances of life based upon our feelings in that moment. And so then I took all of that, you know, torn fabric and the balled up balls that I had mixed together and I gave this illustration to the ladies and it was so powerful for me. You know, sometimes God is just teaching me more than anybody else (laughs) in these moments. And I said, this is what we often do, especially in the church world, especially in our, you know, tendency to compartmentalize our life. We will take our situations and circumstances of life as as demonstrated and illustrated by the torn fabric and the balls and we will just set our Bible on top of it and we will just try to cover up the shame and the guilt and the doubt and the troubles with you know a quick Bible verse or a quick reading in the scriptures instead of opening the word of God breaking it like we would bread ingesting it digesting it allowing it to get down to the deep crevices of who we are and what we're experiencing and what we're feeling and allow it to cleanse 
us to change us so that we move forward in our sanctification process. And so it was just really this poignant moment for me because I thought, I, I do that. I do that. I try to get busy. I try to do good things. I try to be good in the midst of trouble, in the midst of, you know, difficult times. And I try to just ignore what's going on. But when we see what's going on here in scripture, when David is saying, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you, God, you preserve my life. You're the one who is saving me. You're the one who is protecting me. You're the one who is providing for me. You're the one who is in the nitty gritty details of my life and you are sustaining me. I want to look at the next phrase in Psalms 138 verse 7. And here's what David says of God. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. I don't know if you've ever been there. We've probably all been there where we have foes, where we have, you know, enemies in a sense, people who don't understand us, people who maybe mistreat us, people who uh, say wrong things about us, people who wrongly accuse us. We have those situations in life. Remember, that's trouble that comes as a result of living in a fallen world. This is not a concept that was unknown to David. He experienced significant issues with foes. And I want to just read just a couple of verses from other Psalms where David is pouring out his heart to God about this situation. In Psalms 59, verse 9, David has said over and over again how people are coming against him, how they are conspiring against him, how uh, they are doing wrong towards him. And this is what he says in the midst of that in verse 9, Psalms 59, verse 9. Oh, my strength, I watch for you. He is speaking of the Lord here. You, oh God, are my fortress, my loving God. You go before me. I just think, wow, how beautiful in the midst of the anger of our enemies, in the midst of misperception and miscommunication, we have a strong tower that goes before us. And then David in Psalm 61 says this, hear my cry, oh God, listen to my prayer from the ends of the earth. I will call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against my foes. And what David is doing is he is enacting his faith there. He is enacting the character of God in the midst of that troubling situation. He's not saying, God, you're bad because I have foes or because there's anger going on in my life. He says, no, you are the rock who is higher than me. And he's also looking back and saying, you have sustained me in the past. You have protected me and you'll continue to do so. And I think sometimes, you know, you just have to do that. You just have to preach the gospel to yourself, reminding yourself of who God is, what he has done for you already and what he will do in the future, that he is overall, no matter how crazy and unstable our circumstances can can feel like. Absolutely. He is the one true God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we just want to go back and we want to bring the concept of what we've talked about in this particular podcast, in this particular program. We want to bring it forward and be reminded of the fact that trouble does not negate the plan of God in our life. Trouble does not surprise God and trouble does not have to control us. And so we can go to the rock who is higher than I. We can go to the the safe tower, the refuge of who God is, and we can allow him to be our strength in the midst of this moment. Now, I want to see the next part of Psalms 138, because this to me is a picture of our loving God in the midst of trouble. Here's what it says. With your right hand, you save me. And I'm just as I read that passage of scripture, I was reminded of times when my kids were little and maybe we would be in a busy parking lot or we would be 
in a department store or we would be, you know, leaving church. And so there was a lot of people around and there was some perceived danger on my part as the mom because my little boys, they didn't know how to navigate an environment like that. And so what I would do every single time is I would stretch out my right hand. And when I would stretch out my right hand, my intent was for them to take hold of my right hand and to know that with my right hand came protection because I could see things that they couldn't see. I could understand the circumstances in ways that they had no ability to understand it. But here is what I remember about my boys. Oftentimes in those situations, they would fight against that protection Hmm. because they liked their independence. They liked their, you know, concept that they had the right resources or the right ability to run around and to navigate that situation. And I think about that for us as believers in Jesus Christ, you know, in the midst of trouble, a lot of times we try to do it on our own. We try to navigate that, you know, based on our experiences. Sometimes we try to do it based on our feelings, which always gets us in trouble because we tend to respond out of emotion instead of out of truth. But if we can recognize the fact that God stretches out his hand against the anger of our foes and he reaches out to draw us into him and to protect us, we have a safe place in which to live our life from. We've all experienced this. We've all experienced this, you know, and I just think how often God reminds me that in the midst of these moments where there's trouble, whether it's relational trouble, financial trouble, health trouble, you name it, we've all been there. How often he calls me to just be still in that moment and to know that he is God, because that is what brings us to the place of trust. That is what brings us to the place of surrender. And that is what positions us to step out in obedience. So in the midst of our unfinished process of becoming more and more like Jesus, hey, we're going to experience trouble. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And the word take heart actually means be courageous, hmm. be courageous in the midst of that time. Do not allow that trouble to cause you to shrink back. Allow that trouble to draw you into your abiding relationship with Jesus Christ and to position you to step forward in faith. And as you do that, you'll be able to experience what verse eight is talking about. So let's move on and let's look at that. This is what David says in light of this trouble that he was walking in the midst of the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Oh, what a beautiful proclamation of faith. What a beautiful proclamation of my troubles. They're not going to be bigger than my God. And you want to know why? Because my God is able, because my God is real, because my God is faithful. And because my God, who is the master creator, sustainer, protector, and provider of all things, he knows the plan. He has the plan and he is not, you know, overwhelmed by the situations that we face. He is clearly in control. And so David is saying in the midst of this trouble, here's what I know, the Lord, he will fulfill his purpose for me. And this is what he says next. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. And oh, Bethany, that we could get a picture of that in the midst of this trouble, in the midst of this world, in the midst of these overwhelming seasons, we serve the one true God who loves us so incredibly deep, so incredibly wide, so incredibly significantly that there is nothing in his heart towards us but love. You know, that's why he sent Jesus. He demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And every single day we walk in that love. We walk in that grace. We walk in the truth of knowing that he wants us, that he loves us, that he welcomes us in the midst of the trouble, in the 
midst of the overwhelming seasons that he is so faithful and that he is so good and that there is a process that he is working out in us. And while the enemy, he comes to steal, kill and destroy and he will bring trouble and he will accuse and he will use every dart possible to get us to look back and to go to that place of shame or guilt or, you know, confusion. But our God, our holy, loving God, he is a clarifying God. He is the one who says you are not who you used to be, but you're not who you're going to be either. So stay engaged in the process. Keep your eyes on me. Allow me to be your strength. Allow me to be the rock that is higher than you and you refuge into me. And as we do that, as we do that, his will will be accomplished in our lives and through our lives. And it'll all be for his glory. That's Andrea Lennon with Truth On The Go. Thanks so much for joining us today. You know, nothing excites Andrea more than God's Word meeting us at our greatest point of need, speaking truth into our lives and empowering us to live meaningful, productive, and God-honoring lives. We pray that today's truth helped you connect with God and His Word in a life-changing way. If you would like to book Andrea for your next speaking event or connect with her on social media, visit andrealennonministry.org. Andrea will return next week with more Truth on the Go. Truth on the Go is an outreach of True Vine Ministries, Conway, Arkansas.